Welcome back to yet another episode of the Pursuit of Creativity podcast. This week, we're back for part two of our conversation with Claire Manship. This part of the conversation is all about her time as an influencer and content creator. We talk about the ins and outs of brand deals, what it was like working together at TED, and how your mental health is affected as a creator. I'm your host, Aiki Ajivan, and welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Creativity. You know, Broadway wasn't opening, so right. I, I had to pivot because unemployment was running out. <laughs> Yeah, not the most exciting thing, um, but that's cool to hear that you like embrace social media. Because I feel like a lot of people, even today, are like, social media, absolutely not. So <laughs> I, I love that, you know, you're like, I'm putting these things out here. Oh, this is working. Let's roll a little bit with this. So could you talk about, you know, because I think we've had a couple people on the show so far that do social media, whether that's like, you know, big time videography or, you know, social media for brands or things like that. Could you talk about some of the brand, like some of the brand deals and things like that, or at least explain the process for people that have maybe have no idea how that works? Sure. Well, I was really lucky that my first brand deal came to me, um, which is definitely not the way that most content creators engage with brands to jump off. But mm -hmm. because the window was so popular, I was reached out to by the team at Pure Wow, which is under the oh, like Gary yeah. V Vayner Media umbrella. Um, and they're like the women's lifestyle, beauty, food, fashion sector of that media conglomerate. Um, and Pure Wow asked if they could specifically sponsor certain songs at the window. Um, That's they cool. were like, yeah, they were like, we would build you like, the graphics for it and we would brand it and then we'd put it on purewow.com and all of our social handles. And it was like very flattering. Um, but in all transparency, like they had no budget for that. Right. It was just mm. like a pandemic thing. And so it was a calculated risk based on which I would never tell anyone now to take something for literal exposure, yeah. but I knew what their reach was and I knew that it was, it was worth it considering that no one else could pay anybody anything. Like right. it was a literal, you know, pandemic, like hundreds of thousands of people were dying. So I was like, you know what, take what I can get. So we ran, uh, what pure wow started calling songs from the sill, which was really cute. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was pure wild songs from the sill and they sponsored songs like, um, uh, love on top. And I think they sponsored dancing queen and, uh, living on a prayer. That was one that did really well. Songs. Oh, so fun. Right. I was just anything I could sing loud and proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I did songs from the sill for a little bit. And then my first like paid opportunities, I would say were in the lifestyle space. Mm -hmm. I was asked to be um, a brand ambassador for Dia and co, which is a plus size uh, clothing company. And I still work with them to this day. Honestly, most of my, I'm wearing Dia sweatpants right now. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's so great. And, and I typically would not be paid in product today, but because I've been working with them so long and I could be paid in product then and be perfectly happy because in the pandemic, we couldn't go clothes shopping and they were offering right. to send me new clothes. So yeah, 
of course like and now they'll be like hey claire we have a new partnership like if you need a going out top and i'm like do i need a going out (laughs) top like (laughs) you know so in the early days i i definitely accepted uh deals that i would not necessarily accept now but only Mm -hmm. because my followership has grown my engagement rate is extremely high currently um and i can be picky and choosy so One way that I'm picky and choosy, and I would recommend this to anyone who wants to make internet branded content, every time a brand reaches out to me or uh, one of the kind of like creative, collaborative, like like influencers can sign up and be matched with brands and stuff. I have a yep. couple of those uh, um, relationships. Uh, they and by the way, those those things are free to sign up for like four oh, I'm signed up to a bunch of them. They're yeah, fantastic. <laughs> my favorite um, that I get the most work from is um, studio. Obviously I love studio. Obviously. Yeah. I just ah. signed up for one of those like last week. <laughs> oh, obviously is great. You're going to love working with them. Um, but whenever let's say that obviously reaches out to me and they're like, Hey, company beta wants to work with you. Um, here are the deliverables they're asking for. They need three stories on Instagram and one dedicated TikTok. And mm. they are offering this and it'll be a PayPal payment and it's a net 45. You get paid 45 days from the day you submit your invoice. Excuse me. And so I look through all of that. But the first thing I do after I read the the thing, the the brief, is I go to Google and I Google the name of that company and scandal. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Every single time. And I've actually avoided working with brands who have some problematic stuff. Animal testing, sweatshops. Um, if I can't find where those products are being manufactured or mm. how they come to market or where their shareholders are based or uh, anything that doesn't seem like it should be public record, if it's hard to find in the first like five hits on Google, something is wrong. Totally. And uh, and scandals. I mean, like I have worked with a brand that has had a scandal since I worked with them. Mm. And there are considerations there, too, where I have to look at my own materials and decide, is this far enough gone that I can get rid of it? and archive it on my channels. Is it better for me and my followers for me to remain transparent and keep it up and acknowledge that I worked with them before this was revealed? Like those are the considerations I would recommend to anyone who wants to work with brands is like, have an entrance plan, know what you need to Google and have an exit plan. If it really is that bad, because sometimes it will be that bad. Yeah. Um, I have had brands, you know, not as bad as some creators. Like if you want to hear some stories like TikTok has them out the wazoo, but like I've had some brands like try to change the terms after we've signed things. Um, or that they, um, you know, like payment has been late to the point where I wasn't sure it was coming. Mm. Like it, that's really tough. Um, so it's not only being a good content creator, but like to be a self advocate, to know some legalese, to know how to read terms and conditions and writers mm-hmm. are very helpful skills. 
Um, and the brands that I've had like the best experiences with, I had, I, I recently did a campaign with Bic, Bic lighters where oh, they nice. were, Bic is so cool. Um, and this is not an ad, like I'm paid, I'm done. <laughs> like, just know this is not an ad. Um, they, uh, were doing like a holiday campaign with Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. And it was called like for hosting and toasting. Brilliant. And, yeah. And it, you know, like I, I know who those people are. I know what their backgrounds are. And yes, like maybe there's a scandal here and there, but then I can do a calculated risk of, but does Bic have one? Does my mm. involvement in this tie me to Martha Stewart's tax scandals? Like there's things like that, that, yeah. you know, that I can, I can think on it. Um, and then I decided, yeah, I would love to sell Bic lighters because I genuinely use them, have mm -hmm. used them, you know, five ever. Um, and had a wonderful time. I loved working with European Wax Company. Um, I loved working with the United Nations. I've had the opportunity to do some philanthropic, uh, like branded content where obviously yeah. I don't get paid. It's for charity. Mm -hmm. um, but I worked with the UN World Food Program. And th those are the opportunities that I'm like really moved by. Like I have had some like health issues in the past where I was able to work with charities that like support women uh who have breast cancer who need to have mm -hmm. a double mastectomy like i did um that really is those are the opportunities that i want to that i want to embrace more now that mm -hmm. i can be picky and choosy if that makes yeah. sense that makes perfect sense that's that i think everything you're just saying it's such a great kind of mm, way to set up what content creation and influencing can be but i do think a lot of people are like oh you're just working with brands or doing whatever but it, like to what you're just saying it's like but if you get you know you do it a little while you you can you can be a little picky and choosy then you get to like mold your life the way you want and you get to work with the people you want you get to meet the people you want and and do things that you also care about which i think is hard when you maybe don't have that kind of flexibility in whatever job you're doing Right. Well, and there are some brands that have asked me things recently. I'm doing a lot of like wedding content right now because mm -hmm. um, I'm getting Congrats, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Fully engaged. He can't run. <laughs> <laughs> um, I now that I'm reaching out to brands about the wedding and sponsoring portions of the wedding, a lot of them are asking for a media kit, which even two years mm -hmm. ago, brands were not asking me for a media kit. So you can see how and, and for anyone at home, the media kit would involve, you know, it's essentially a truncated portfolio and mm -hmm. has some engagement analytics that they would need to ask for otherwise that it's not like on my profile. Um engagement rates and maybe um, like gender parity of my followers, a couple of like helpful things for them to decide if we are a match. Mm -hmm. um, but typically I could have been able to like write that out in an email and now like they really expect a kid. <laughs> yeah. Which wasn't the case. I mean, I'd say even six to nine months ago, I was not getting those requests. Um you know, so I, I really do think that that landscape is changing too. So the savvier that you can be about having those materials at the ready and kind of have already read what some of these deliverable one sheets and what these contracts look like really like will empower you with knowledge to, to negotiate properly. I think. That's huge. Yeah. I've, I've seen 
as I've started to do this. And we talked about this last spring. I was like, yeah, Claire, help. I was like, what, what do I do? <laughs> How much is the contract? Like, what does that go? So I, I and since then, um, since I've talked to you, which was very helpful, I like have seen so many people on TikTok talking about it, like how to make your media kit with Canva, where to buy a media kit. How do you do your pricing? Like all these things. So it's cool to see more people embracing this and on the flip side, more brands embracing this at the same time. Cause in my, like I was, I, I tell people this, like working with creators for certain platforms is like the best way to go. And it's a win-win for everyone. Cause the creators get paid and it's probably a lot cheaper than working with like a creative agency to make some flashy commercial that no one's going to like relate to. Yes. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, I just, you know, and I'm sure other people who have been on the show probably have echoed versions of this, but I think we are beyond the, we're just beyond the era of accepting what we're given just because we happen to be in an artistic field. Like Mm -hmm. this is a business and I'm not going to be ashamed to say that I want to make money. You know what I mean? Like I get artistic fulfillment. I also need to pay my fucking bills. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. Right. Roof over my head, food in my stomach, you know, like, yes, it's a privilege to have these things and to have these opportunities, but it also requires a lot of maintenance mm-hmm. and, and work. It's just hard work. I would say my content creation is about 20% creation and 80% emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The back and forth, the the contracts, the adjustments. Yes. It's a yeah, there's a lot of communication that and 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 back and forth that's inevitable. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, of the 20% of creation, it's only about 2% is filming. The rest of it is editing. Yes. And if you are not a good <laughs> editor, this is not for you, right? Like unless you yeah. have I've worked with some people who have like creative collectives where like one guy's the editor Mm. and one guy's the face and whatever, you know, but that's pretty rare. (laughs) Yeah. Most people I know that do this sort of thing. It's, it's a one-stop shop. You're doing everything. And yeah, the on-camera stuff as long, I mean, you're an actor, actress actor you've you've you're comfortable in front of things. So I can imagine it's that's not the part that's slowing you down a whole lot. Yeah, I would say, though, that it is exhausting. I mean, you know, the same as me, it is very hard to make my own TikToks at the end of the day when I spend the whole day making TikToks as a corporate girly. Yeah. (laughs) It's exhausting. And it really, I will say that acting and on-camera content creation requires you to give of yourself in a way that a lot of other jobs do not. And Mm. it can be emotionally taxing, in a way that I really need to um, like reset at the end of the day. There are some days I get to the end of making TikToks and this is going to sound so silly to the average person. They're like, it's not strenuous. You just press play on your phone, but it is so emotionally and sometimes physically taxing to be like on your feet, filming, looking good for women, makeup, hair, the whole nine yards. I get to the end of the day and I have to cancel my social plans because I have, I have the expenditure has already happened for the day. I've yeah. given enough. Yeah. You have to be on a lot and it takes a lot of creative energy, especially when there's edits and you're like, I put all my energy into this and you have to change it. And that's, it's just part of the process though. Right. It's, but it's, it is a lot. I think you articulate it really well. It's like emotionally draining to be able to do yes. work like this. 
Well, and I think back to the days when we were working on the same projects and nothing is more upsetting than when someone tells you like they need a reshoot. That is like, (laughs) that is the (laughs) end of the world. Yeah. It's as an actor, I'd be like, we're doing reshoots. We're up at 7 a.m. into the hair and makeup trailer. But for TikTok, like it's for, for content in general, it's, it really takes a lot out of me to be like, all right, let's go again. Like everything <laughs> yeah. I made is scrapped. Like it, yeah, it's really exactly. hard. It is yeah. hard. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one, um, <laughs> which is a good segue to talk about um, you, you like me make content, do all these side projects, UGC with whatever the kids are calling it these days. And <laughs> you are a full-time employee for a company that is making TikToks and other social content. So could yeah. you talk a little bit about Carfox? Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah. Um, Carfox is the fuzziest, cutest little guy in the whole world. Um, I feel really lucky to have one, a full-time job and two benefits, but I have been given pretty open reign at my job. There have been only a couple times where editorial pulled me back before things were posted or we decided to archive things after the fact. Mm -hmm. It's very few and far between. Of the hundreds of videos I've made over there, that probably only applies to like three or four. Um, Yeah, which is, they really have let me, they say all the time that I'm pushing their boundaries, which I think Mm. is the loving way of saying like, we just let Claire do whatever she wants. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Before I joined, they had no video presence beyond posting, you know, everyone knows the Carfax TV commercials, right? Show mm-hmm. me the Carfax. Um, they had posted those on YouTube uh, and had kind of like a healthy following of like the new Carfax commercials on YouTube. Um, but they had no short form video content. They had no video strategy. And They also needed someone who was willing to take on kind of an overhaul of the social statics and carousels. So that's like Mm. a lot of Instagram and Facebook, really just co-posting to Facebook, but made for Instagram Um, because they were just short staffed in the position of content creation And so there was a lot of like stock imagery. Like, I don't think they'd mind me saying that, like, you can definitely tell when I started. I think I showed you when I first started the job. I was like, what day did I start working here? Because when you scroll, scroll, all of a sudden there's an explosion of color. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because I just, you know, if you're not going to go all in, then just like, don't fucking go, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, and I work with a really cool team. Uh, I'm kind of like a team of one in terms of the content creation, but my Mm. boss is the brand director, Tracy. Um, she is lovely. She gives me fantastic guidance. I feel very safe to express to her when I, I genuinely had this meeting with her last week where I said, I am spent, I cannot make any TikToks for a couple days. And I'm really sorry. Mm. And she was Mm -hmm. like, look, your health comes first. Like what else can we do in the meantime? And I ended up doing a lot of cool community management in the meantime. Mm. I was in the comments section. I was doing social listening. Like there's other things on this job where I feel, I feel all of my skill set is valued in a, in yeah. different departments. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's, I mean, that's, that's so cool to hear that 
they're embracing you and your many talents and like letting you kind of take the reins. And it's awesome, like in the fact that I think a lot of brands are trying to do this now. So it's cool to see even because I think most people or myself are like Carfax, TikTok. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool to hear that, you know, even a brand like that, like that people maybe not traditionally would think would be doing cool social media things are doing cool social media things because of you. So like that's pretty that's pretty Aww. badass. <laughs> you're gonna make me cry (laughs) that's so nice to hear it's funny they they came to the conclusion that they needed to up their social presence and really join tiktok because Mm -hmm. they were getting so like carfax is chiefly a data company right they have vehicle Mm -hmm. history reports they sell used cars they offer like maintenance app right and a maintenance app called car care and so those like three prongs of the business were not, none of them were getting the data back that they were reaching Gen Z in Mm. any way, not even like a significant little like, Oh, but we have, you know, parents signing up their kids. It was like, no, it's not there. And, and when they did the research and kind of like had to do a bunch of testing over it before I was hired, the conclusion was that Gen Z doesn't watch TV. They just, they don't (laughs) know. And if they do, they will pay $3 more a month to not have ads. (laughs) I was floored the other day when I was watching Abbott Elementary and it was on Uh demand. So there were commercials. And the first commercial that comes up is Carfax, (laughs) which was cool for me. But if I was the average consumer, I'd be like, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) Any commercial, doesn't matter who, it literally Beyonce could be on the screen. I'd be like, but I want to watch Outer Banks. Like, (laughs) like, can you hurry this up a little bit? Let's go. Like, I want to hear the Shark Tank offers, you know? (laughs) So all that being said, you know, we needed to get to them where they were and where they were was the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I was hired and we haven't seen like a huge move of the needle, but from a community listening perspective, I know that we, they know we're here now Mm -hmm. because almost every video that I comment on from the verified brand handle, people will be like, why Carfax here? (laughs) Or like, uh, or be like you everywhere, girl. Like, <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, because I'm like, I'm a part of this, you know. Like, I mm-hmm. there's no point in joining these communities if you're not going to be a part of it. Oh, um, totally. And I think that's where the disconnect is for a lot of brands. I saw a video was it this morning or last night where this guy did a deep dive on why Gap has completely. I saw that missed- video. <laughs> you saw it. You saw it. Yeah. So he basically says like Gap Inc. is on or like Gap as a brand under Gap Inc. is on TikTok and they have like no followers and no engagement because they haven't hired anyone to make things native to platform. It's just a bunch mm-hmm. of commercials of Gap content. Yeah. It's um, just not going to work. It's not, it's not what the platform's there for. It's really not like you're honestly hemorrhaging money into that project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're you putting ad dollars behind there. that. And yeah. You gotta just be a part of it. I love that. Like what you said, like you have to be a part Well, I think, I hope, I hope most people can agree that like content's not going anywhere. You need content. You gotta do it. Any brand is a content brand at this point. And if you're going to do TikTok, be one with the people like you have to embrace it you yeah you have to use it you have to actually engage with it so it's cool to hear you know 
that you're getting that feedback from the audience that like, oh, Carfax is here. We see you. We're, we're in this. So that is, I think that's awesome. We are disruptors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really, and I've said this before, I actually said this on the Too Old for TikTok podcast, um, that I really believe that TikTok is the people's app. Oh, yeah. If, if you're not going to do, like, if you're not going to do TikTok, then don't join TikTok because as what brands are embraced on the app is determined by whether or not they do the app. And honestly, engagement from Gen Z tearing you apart for being cringe at least tells me that they noticed, right? Yeah. So then a good community manager would say, well, what was cringe about this? Was it that we're here at all? Is it that it's not a trend? Is it that the song is wrong? Is it that it's an advertisement? Whatever it may be, but you have to be a part of the app to hear those messages. Mm, Yeah, 100%. You can't just rely on other sources. I feel like it's a great place to like dig your feet, like your feet, dig in, dig in. And uh, like be and hear and feel the pulse of like what's going on. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly agree that it's a, something that a lot of people do well and I think a lot of people could do better. And that's on the brand <laughs> side, on the personal, like TikTok and influencer brand people side too. So, um, I think that's really good insight. Thank you. I mean, I, I have gleaned much of that insight from my experience working with you. Um, especially because you were pulling almost all of our data and in that we can see a lot of the sentiment of how Mm. people feel about Ted, about Ted talks, about the content that we had to share, but also how it was being presented because Mm -hmm. sometimes they'd be like, I need part two. And then sometimes they'd be like, this talk is fascism. Like, you know, like, (laughs) and like, yes, it's extremist. But if you're actively listening, you'd be like, okay, well, we're going to lean into part twos now because we get a lot of people asking for part two, you know, like that, those are valuable lessons that I really looked to you to learn because you were coming from the background of, of already like doing data analysis and like social listening, engagement analytics, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a good, we were a good duo. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's good stuff back there, back then. Um, Okay. They so, wouldn't stop us if they tried. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, so I have, well, this has been an amazing conversation so far. Great insights. Hopefully people are getting stuff from the stuff about acting, stuff about social media. But I do have two last questions for you. Um, I typically love, oh no, three, sorry, three, three things. Um, well, in that case, good night. <laughs> in that case, I'm out. Um, three as things many real quick. As many questions as you want, Ike, I can talk oh, to you good. forever. I was like, do you have time? It's, we're over, but it's fine. We have so um, much time. We started late. It's fine. Let's see. One, first question. Has working in acting or social media, influencing, content creation, I typically have been asking people, how has that affected your relationships, whether that's your family or your friends or even your, with yourself, like mental health stuff, just a little bit about that. Cause I do think that's an important part when talking about these creative new jobs. Sure. It's a really great question. Um, I think 
it's mostly been positive because I'm lucky to be surrounded by people who are supportive of my endeavors and believe in my talent. I think it would be wild if I'd been doing it this long and people were like mollifying me and saying that like I was fine, you know, but I had no talent to speak of. So hopefully that continues Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of support. Um, I would say mental health wise, if you don't suffer some kind of imposter syndrome in, in the arts, in the creative fields, I would be very surprised. Mm. I don't know that I've met anyone unless they're, you know, some kind of like narcissist, I guess. <laughs> it is like, you're lucky to have me. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire time I was at Ted, I felt like I had tricked them and I really, uh, and I was already medicated at that point. Like I already took anxiety meds. So <laughs> So I like really, really felt like I had pulled the wool over them, over their eyes on that hiring process. Um, I'm, I think what they saw in me, at least I hope what they saw in me was that you and I could be a great team together. Um, and I think in terms of relationships, I find myself being a better collaborateur mm-hmm. um, because I you know, studied like ensemble arts, really. Like it, it takes a village, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say like, I am five and a half years sober and Congrats. I, um, thank you. Almost five and a half years. I don't get ahead of my, okay. One day at a time, Claire, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on my sixth year of sobriety and I will say that in the arts, everyone's going to have some baggage, right? Like Mm. there are particularly in the theater and in music and the performing arts, there are a lot of drugs. There's a lot of alcohol. There's a lot of temptation, a lot of sex. And I, uh, really felt that I kind of drank myself into a stupor because I wasn't comfortable sitting with myself that I felt like I wasn't enough Um, that I felt like I was never going to make it. And I only say that because like at this point, I only look back to say that because I don't want to shut the door on those memories. Mm. Um, I, I think my sobriety and my like going to therapy and getting medicated for obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety and PTSD, um, makes me a better actor now because I can be more present for my partner, Mm. like whoever I'm acting across from. Right. Um, or for my coworkers, right. I I work in a, in a remote office setting. We've worked in an office together before. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I could have shown up every day if I hadn't already dealt with those demons. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my relationships with other people, I've really only, it was, it was probably because I wasn't sober yet, but I had been accused in the past of being, um, that like the classic, you know, actors make good liars. Mm. I won't say I'm a bad liar. I say that I don't lie anymore, but at the time I was a very deceitful alcoholic. Um, there was a lot of hiding, a lot of embellishment, a lot of, um, you know, like egotism and one-upping everybody. And I just, my relationships are in 
particularly romantic relationship with my fiance, I have never lied to him. And I can't say that about any other long-term mm. partner. Um, I, I now see that my artistry as an actor is it needs to stay in the theater. I can't bring it home. I can't like play the victim. I can't embellish stories um, yeah. to get my way. Um, and I think that is probably, that is probably more the positive result of, of getting sober than it is like having some kind of reckoning with acting, but they walk hand in hand because they both live up here in my brain space. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's very easy for me to be dramatic. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen me break down in tears at what? all, have you? Never. <laughs> Um, that was a powerful answer. No, I appreciate, um, the vulnerability there. We love to hear that. I, I always like to include that part because I do think it's super important for people to like, people are people like, you know, everyone's going through something. And even if these really cool, creative new jobs, which I'm, I'm super excited to hear and talk about, I'm like, there's, there's always a bit more maybe whether that's <laughs> positive or, or sometimes on the, um, more opportunity side. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I would say the other thing, if I could like talk to my younger self as an actor, like people aren't thinking about me. You know what I mean? Like that thing I mm. said at the party six years ago, like no one cares, Claire. Like, and even like they didn't care five minutes after it happened because people don't think about me. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating. I'm saying it to get like the right amount of humility in this business. Mm. Like mm -hmm. what I do is not groundbreaking for anyone but me. And if it's groundbreaking for me, it better be real, right? I better not have like worked myself into anxiety about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think that that is, that has really helped me go to rehearsal and not worry that I like, I'm not going to make any friends on this show or, mm -hmm. you know, at this job. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's uh, again, great insight there. I think that's, I think people can take that nugget of information and like apply it in so many situations um, in their life, which I think is really great. So for our next segment, short segment, I love to also on the same vein of the world is a very interesting place right now. There's a lot of things going on. I feel like there's not enough space for people to kind of brag and boast about cool things they have going on in their life. So if you have something you want to brag about or something you're really proud of, um, or something you're looking forward to, well, I would love to hear it. Oh my goodness. Right after I was like, Oh, we need to get humble. I like, we need to be <laughs> humble people. It's all about um, balance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the part where I brag. Okay. Um, I had a pretty cool audition this past week. I uh, was asked to make a tape for a Netflix limited series um, to be like a series regular. Now I've, I've auditioned for like to be the main character of TV shows before. This was not like the main character, but a series regular. Um, but this one, like I really felt like I was sinking my teeth in. I was yeah. making like very active choices. It was a little bit of a soapy script. So I, I kind of hammed it up a little bit, but um, it was just really nice to be thought of that. Like my agent submitted me out of the blue and I've never been in for Netflix. I've been in for mm. a few of the networks, but not Netflix, like none of the streamers. Yeah. Um, and 
it was like a pretty, I don't know, hefty opportunity. And I think it like went great. Like I think the tape, I like watched the tape back and I was like, bitch, you did that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I like, you're a fucking star. Like, you know, and I watched in my living room and then, you know, upload it to my agent. And I'm like, thank you for the opportunity. Truly grateful. Would appreciate your notes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, And, you know, what's so funny, we were talking about retakes. I woke up the next morning. So it was due over a weekend, over President's mm-hmm. Day weekend, where I got it on Friday night and they wanted it Monday morning of oh, a wow. holiday weekend, which tells me that this was like accelerated in some way. Mm-hmm. and. I wake up on Monday morning and my agent has emailed me and it's like, Claire, the pacing is off with this. Can you redo the whole thing? (laughs) And I I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad I didn't have plans today. Here we go. Um, And he was right. I watched back, you know, the one that I sent him that we eventually submitted to casting and it was just leaps and bounds better. Like it's amazing what can happen after a couple of days, just having a script in your body. And mm, yep. I was off book. I bet not everybody who submitted was off. Bu- I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Last question. I love, I'm hoping that there are people listening to this podcast have been super inspired. Maybe they want to be an actor now. Maybe they want to go into social media. Maybe they want to be a content creator. Um, can you give one tip? for someone that wants to be an actor and someone that wants to be a content creator. Since we kind of covered two things, um, doesn't have to be like anything crazy. It could be something super simple, but I'd love to hear some actionable tips for the people listening. Mm. Okay. For the actors. Yes. We did not come here to be nannies, Yes, but full circle. My chief tip would be that you are a human first. Mm. You need to take care of yourself. You need to eat things that fuel your body. Your body is your instrument. As cliche as that is, it has, as someone who has been chronically ill before, I will tell you that it is very hard to get healthy for an audition if you don't start healthy. Um, Work out take dance, take class, flex those muscles. You know what I mean? Not just like the physical muscles of that body, but like your, your brain muscles. Mm, your, yeah. 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 Your artistic muscles really. And be a human, like have friends, go do shit. Like yeah. go, like go to the club, like shop at Dwayne Reed, like, do the things you need to do and make your life happen first. Because if you throw yourself at the feet of the feeder gods and don't take care of yourself, guess what? There's no jobs for the person who is a shambly mess. Mm. You are a human first. And for the content creators, I would say that I would say we're constantly told that we need to be native to platform. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's wrong, but you can only be native to so many platforms. So choose the ones that you are genuinely good at. Just because I've been on Twitter since 2009 doesn't make me a good Twitter social media manager. Mm -hmm. I am native 
to Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. I am an expert in TikTok and Instagram and only organic. I have worked paid campaigns before, but I know my strengths because I can't be native to every platform. So when it comes to ads managers, those are also platforms. You will not be native to every single one. If there's a new platform out there, like be real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Go check it out. Have fun. Unless you're going to make that your thing, you're likely not going to be native to that platform. You only hail from one or two motherlands, right? You're only going to hail from the nativity of the platforms that you nurture and nurture you. Mm, that's good. I'm like, I got to take notes. Like, where's my paper? I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, Claire, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, I've been joking with guests that we're going to have a great, like a, um, at some point, all the guests from season one are going to come back when they hear about where they're at, kind of like a, uh, after the last rose to bring it back to the bachelor. Yes! <laughs> so, um, we'll have to set that up eventually, but I just want to say, I'm so glad we got to talk. I'm hoping I was inspired. I'm hoping tons of other people listening were inspired. So, Oh, before we go, <clears throat> how can people find you? What are your socials? Well, the chief place to find me is on TikTok. I am at womanship, like my last name, manship, W-O-M-A-N-S-H-I-P, uh, on Instagram at Claire Manship and at Carfax Inc. on all the socials because uh, you'll, you'll find my face wherever you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, Claire, this has been amazing. Thank you for stopping by and having a conversation. Thank you, Ike. Thank you for having me. Thank you for facilitating a lovely conversation, not only with my friend, but another artistic intellectual. I love you very, very much. I'm grateful. Thank you. Feelings very mutual. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks so much for watching yet another episode of The Pursuit of Creativity. If you enjoyed this episode with Claire and got something from it, be sure to share it with someone, like it, review it. Any of those things really helps us out. If you want more of The Pursuit of Creativity, be sure to check out the first seven episodes. You'll be able to find those wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Ike Ajvan, and as usual, stay optimistic. Better days are coming.